Never let the future disturb you. You will meet it, if you have to, with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present. Marcus Aurelius Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I look forward to sharing this moment with you. The future of artificial intelligence, AI, is a hot topic of debate amongst experts in the field. AI has been around for decades, but recent advances in technology have allowed for rapid development in the field. As AI continues to evolve, it will become increasingly integrated into our lives and businesses. Should we fear the emergence of AI technology? Will AI control our lives and take away our jobs and careers? Will AI be used to create malicious software? Will AI replace human creativity and knowledge? To discuss these questions, I am traveling over 7,900 kilometers to Berlin, Germany, to meet up with my friend Eglund, journalist and writer. Eglund is an engineer and publicist. He worked as a science journalist and reporter in Africa for several German newspapers. Since 2005, his focus has been on environmental initiatives. As a specialist journalist for renewable energies, he works within media related to ecological energy transition. First of all, about solar energy. Eglund has in-depth experience with AI in optimizing the efficiency of solar energy systems. As a journalist and writer, he has insight into how AI will impact on creative endeavors. I invite you to put the kettle on and add to this exciting conversation. Welcome, Eglund. Thank you for joining me today. It's always a great pleasure to me to talk to you, as we will do today. Well, we have quite a topic of conversation. The question that we will begin is, what is artificial intelligence? There is a great debate about it, and many people use this term, and I'm not quite sure whether all the people really know what artificial intelligence is. They always talk about a very complicated thing. It is not. Basically, it's a learning machine. It's a huge juggernaut that takes in and wolves down all the information or is allowed to make new information out of it. It's a kind of computer because all the information, it's text, letters, speeches, voices. It's a music composed by human beings. It's paintings, everything like that. This computer is doing the same as all the computers did in the time before, but on a higher level. It's not really a new invention or a really great breakthrough in science. It's a further development of a technology that we already have. If you have this, then you can clearly see the limits of AI, the limits of the food which it gets. All the food it gets from all the electronic information channels 
is marking the limits within this machine can operate. And that's a law valid for all machines all over the world. It's a machine on a higher level, an information procedure, calculating, it's faster, but it's still a machine. This is important to me because it's not something between a machine or human being or a missing link. No, it's just a machine. And the most important part of a machine is the button to switch it off. So you can use it, you can not use it as you want. So that is what AI is basically to me. So it can use all the information it's got to answer your question in a way that you can understand. It's not a machine language anymore. It is answering in a language that we know. At the moment, it's text or speech. But it's not something completely new in these paragraphs or in these answers. This is just limited, only using the pool of information that already exists. And there's no new universe behind it, which nobody knows. Most people know AI from the chessboard which came in the 80s and the 90s, which was the beginning of AI research. So the chessbots will never be better than any world champion in chess. We have these bots for 30 years, 35 years, something like that. There's no decision which is better or who is better, human champions or the chessbot. Because if the chessbot is that good that nobody can beat it, then nobody will play chess anymore. There is no game anymore. There's no use to have it. And the experience shows that the chessbot is limited by all the games and all the constellations he was fed with beforehand in preparation of the operation of this machine. It cannot be better than a human champion who has all this in his memory and is prepared to create completely new strategies on the chessboard. So you're saying that it has everything that we know about chess, but cannot go beyond what we know. However, is it possible that with the knowledge that the bots have to play chess, they can outwit us because they, they use the strategies more efficiently than we can as a human? Yeah, but this could be a very lone experience for the machine because nobody would fight them again. It makes no sense to play chess to someone who is uh, better than everybody in the world. So then this machine is completely useless for the inventor of the machine because nobody plays it anymore. It's no fun. It's the time to, to press the button to switch it off because it's actually useless. In fact, it's a theoretical discussion. At the moment, after 35 years of operation of the chessboards, there is a kind of uh, draw. It's not really decided. Sometimes the bot wins, sometimes the champion. The bot is a good machine to train playing chess, to exercise it. Many people in the internet, uh, on the chess platforms, they use the bot to play against them, you know, to, to improve their, their knowledge. So it's a good machine to exercise and have a lot of fun and get better at chess. You can learn a lot with using this. But if the bot is winning all the games, I cannot imagine who will play chess anymore against the bot. It's a machine that makes himself getting rid of itself. That's making themselves superficial. It's the potential of winning. You know that it is possible to win. 
and that you can outwit the bot. That keeps us going back. Exactly. A friend of mine is very successful in inventing games. And he says, if there's one who wins all the games, or there's one strategy in a game which always leads to victory, then the game is dead. Because we want the challenge, don't we? Exactly. You can take it from the market because if someone knows the strategy, the ultimate strategy to win this game, then everybody knows. And then it's no game anymore. We want the challenge. We want the fun. We want the fear. We want the emotion in it. And emotion is something that an AI bot cannot provide. Sometimes it can, but we can discuss it later. Recent advances in technology have allowed for rapid development in this field. As AI continues to evolve, it will become increasingly integrated into our lives and businesses. The question then becomes, will we be made redundant? Should we be worried of loss of control, loss of career aspirations, loss of creativity? This is something that has become very apparent in the media lately, the loss of creativity. Yeah, it depends on what you understand if you use this term creativity. We had the same discussion when the smartphone, the mobile phones came up and everybody started to look at it and to play with it and was focused on it and nobody talked to each other anymore. And then came Corona and all the students and pupils had to stay at home and using webcam and video conferences to make their lessons. Many people are talking about, is this a loss of creativity? Because they don't go to school anymore. They don't touch things anymore. Just theory. That's a discussion that we have from the beginning of the information age. So it's actually a discussion that started with Alan Turing's first computer model or Konrad Tuse's first electromechanical computer. Later on, with the invention of the semiconductors and the transistors, and then the first steps of integration and integrated logics in electronic elements. And so we had all the discussions, all these arguments beforehand 50 years ago. It is not new. It's the same fear as past time, the same discussion, the same uncertainty, because it's not clear what's coming up. It's always the unknown that we fear what makes us feel uncomfortable. But the discussion is not new. I think that the whole AI debate that we have now is a big marketing hype. How so? Where does it come from? It comes from the big companies like Google, Microsoft, Meta, all the big players of the information age, which have the same problem. Their ratings at the stock exchange are dropping dramatically. Why? Their business model is at the end. They cannot grow anymore without a new quality in technology they offer. They need something new. So young people don't use Facebook anymore. They use it because it's a toy. It's nice to send some messages. And at the moment, if they have to pay, they all leave, as we see in the Twitter. And all the machines have one business model to have a big crowd collected to offer them advertisement and marketing products, sell this, buy this, 
It's all buying and selling. And this business, you can't expand anymore because people want to play in a certain way. And that's why they use it. After a while, they get bored. They need something new to uplift their stock exchange ratings. And that's why they came up with this AI, which is not really new because they implemented it 10, 15 years ago, the first prototypes. If you want to have a learning machine, first you have to have is a machine that is ready for learning. Optimizing technology is not really new. Every plane is using AI because it makes some proposals to the pilot how to react in certain situations. That's why what we have seen last year and in this year, I have a little bit the idea that that is more or less a huge marketing gig and, well, successful because everybody is talking about it. Everybody's trying it, too. We all say that we don't want AI in our lives, and yet everyone is tempted, just tempted to try it just a little to see if it's real. Of course, and it's already there in your smartphone. So if you use the Google searching machine, there is AI behind it to make proposals. It is already everywhere, as artificial as the first transistor was. So it's not really new. And that's why I don't believe that there is really a danger to lose control about the world, because the ultimate control button is the switch off button to repeat. You can always switch it off. And then it's gone. Then you're free of AI and you can do what you want. Maybe there are some things you think, uh, okay, AI could help me. Then you switch it on and use it. We fear what we don't understand. But should we learn to work within a world where technology is progressing at exponential speed? We are complex people. The world is complex. Should we accept it, enjoy it? to learn, to be part of something that might be exciting, that will enhance our living experience? We are the same level, I think, as the generation of our parents was 60 years ago, or their parents another 60 years ago. They had a tremendous acceleration in technology. This is what we see for 200, 300 years with the invention of the spinning jenny of the first machine drive locomotives. Since this time, most people have the impression that there's too much technology in our world. What we don't learn is how much technology we lose in the same time. We have the smartphone and older generations of telephones we don't have anymore. They disappear without a word. Nobody talked about this. Everybody is saying, yeah, that's the way of life. That is the way of technology. Suddenly, there might be a problem because everybody is talking about AI and maybe my creativity is no longer needed. I think that is the real fear behind it. There is a big misunderstanding that technical intelligence is not creativity. It's not the same. A computer who can give me a text about a certain problem which I can read and understand, is in this way not creative. I save a lot of time to write it by myself, time that I can use for my human creativity, which a machine actually can never reach. And that's why I don't fear it. I don't fear that we lose control. For AI, 
the same rules are valid as we had up till now for technology. Most people think that technology is something to uh, solve problems of human beings. That is not correct. Technology machines are made to make money. Because if they solve problems, then you have to pay for the solution to use it. Every machine, even the spinning machine, even the atomic reactor or the first IBM desktop computer in 82, to make a new business model to earn money. And if you talk about an AI bot, we are not talking about something which is a super brain behind the human brain. We're talking, first of all, about a machine which came into the world to make money for the operators of this machine. In the past, all technology had two sides. One side which was progressive, which created new opportunities, which created new jobs, new wealth. Yeah, the social side of the machinery is very important. And there is a destructive side in it, which destroys jobs, which destroys environment and which maybe closes opportunities. But this is not a feature of technology. This is only mirroring our own psychology. So what technology is showing is our own split in a constructive and a destructive side. And so the AI, you can use it constructively, or you can use it in a bad way. When I think about creativity, creativity comes from collaboration. It comes from synergies between people. We have an unpredictability about us. We have external variables that impact on how we think. All of this is very complex. So what you're saying is that AI cannot adapt to collaboration, to synergies, to the unpredictability of human experience. And that human experience through emotions brings out a creativity and an understanding about the world around us that is not available through AI. AI can be a means to free from boring things, as every machine can, and make life easier and get more time and more power for real important things. Creativity, for me, is a social behavior. It's not a technical behavior. It's not even a biological behavior. It is a question of communicating between people, and that's much more complex than the change of pure information, so much more. If you see this in this way, then you may get some distance and some coolness about the whole overheated, over-emotional debate concerning AI. It's just a machine. And as you saw all the centuries before, that all the machinery leads at the end to a growing wealth of people all over the world. Even a high-risk technology like atomic energy, which has a destructive side, was a step forward in the development of humankind because it gave us the energy source, for instance, to develop silicon semiconductors, which are the base of every computer and every AI computer too. We would never have it without this. Now, in the time when we learn that atomic energy is at the end of the development, but that's not an intelligent decision, it's an economic decision. We learn now that we have alternatives which are cleaner, which are cheaper, 
more healthy. So that's the next step. And so we will fade out atomic energy. We will fade out burning coal for electricity. Something appears in a new way and other things disappear. That's the way life goes on. And I like it because actually, as you said, it's unpredictable. Nobody knows really where it goes. It's a kind of game, isn't it? Marcus Aurelius said many years ago, never let the future disturb you. You will meet it if you have to, with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present. Then I think of Julius Caesar, when he declared, Alia eacta est, the die has been cast, when he crossed the Rubicon. Many people believe that we have come to the Rubicon. The die has been cast. Has it been? Actually, the die was cast when the first women or the first man learned how to light a campfire. The invention of campfire was 600,000 years ago. That was the beginning of all technology. You quoted Mark Aurelius, who said, you will meet the future. You will meet the future. Not the future will meet you. It's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. Every step that we take, every breath that we take, every tool that we take in our hand is an active comment of being in this world and try to change it. This is what we call life. AI has given us possibilities that democratize our world. What was once available to only a few is now available to everyone. Healthcare, libraries, education, universities, all of this is at our fingertips now more than ever before. Do you see that as something that will progress further? That's the progressive side of technology. AI, what is AI? It's a bundle of algorithms which uh, are implemented in a hardware, what all the electronic wizards do. It has a progressive side. This is what you said, and I agree. The other side, that we have a huge monopolization in the internet, for instance, with the companies involved. We have just four or five companies who are mighty enough to develop tools like this. And that's the destructive side. For me, a much more serious concern than the question whether AI is creative or not. I think there is a potential. We are in the information society, in the knowledge society, because it is a further development of humankind. As you said, much more people are able to use it for education and for their creativity too. I think that creative people, they are better prepared for changing world than people wait and sit and are passive. If you have your own stand inside of you and your own compass, never lose your stars for orientation. And this is also valid for the stars that you have inside of yourself. And creativity is generating stars, and it's sparkling, it's uh, full of color and opportunities. To go back to Mark Aurelius again, act yourself and, and go to the future because you want it. And not wait until future is coming to you. Future is coming every day. Eglund, you have provided a very concise overview of AI and how it relates to us. I appreciate how you said, we want the future. We want to move toward that future because that is life. 
It's unpredictable. It's messy. It's complex. There's twists and turns. And how we should not be afraid of something that has been with us all along. We are a part of AI. Now, we have the power to change it as we move forward. Exactly. And it's in our hands to decide. We don't have to fear or to wait. Maybe we call AI not artificial intelligence, but another intelligence in our life and handle it in this easy way. It's another step and actually nothing new. Everything is already there. I'm very looking forward to our next conversation and I'm convinced that we'll have a lot of topics to discuss. We never ran out of it. Much fun. Thank you for joining me today, Hegland. I enjoy our conversations. We are living in a complex world that demands our highest participation. It is heartening to know that we can all make a difference. Dear listeners, thank you for joining Eglant and me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. And until next time, safe travels wherever your adventures lead you.